Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone, on this episode of the podcast I catch up with New South Wales trainer Mitchell Conquest who had last Thursday at Dapto scored a winning treble including his stalwart Blazing Will who was also his first city winner at Wentworth Park last year. We had a chat about that feeling, some helpful advice for anyone looking to pick up the lead and collar and how he got involved in greyhound racing. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to what would have been a, a very uh, memorable night for you at DAPTO uh, last week, a winning treble. You were just saying that, you know, you're a little bit surprised with how well your dogs are going, so you obviously weren't expecting to get uh, three winners last Thursday? No, I wasn't. No, I, um, the one in the first race, I sort of, I expected him to go well, but not not win the race, to be honest with you. Yep. I didn't think he had the pace to match it with 300 metre dogs he probably looked them for a little bit further but he sort of every time I sort of work him up to a bit further he sort of pulls off a bit sore a bit lame and more getting frustrated with him so I just threw him in yeah right. <laughs> and he, uh, he went okay so I was like oh well. um yeah he surprised me a bit he was he broke in very ordinary yeah um, right yeah, very ordinary. I think it was like 1776 or something at that though. Yep. With Cliffy Bell. And then I gave him two weeks off and then took him back there. With, I did a bit of straight running and took him back there. And I think he ran 1721, but he ran home in 1160 from memory, which yep. is pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah, nice. And then straight away after that, he was lame. And then he cracked a fibula and treated that and... He's sort of starting to come back a bit better, but um, he's just one of those dogs that are real soft and real whimpery, really. <laughs> he's not real tough, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah, and he, his sister, which won the fifth grade race, she's she got a lot of ability, but she just has to get things her own way. Um, she probably should have won a couple more adapto from the one box but in saying, I think it was just race experience that really probably let her down a bit. As soon as the dog sort of crowded her and gave her a few bumps, she sort of didn't really know what to do. But she's getting better now. Yep, yep. And they're um their little brother and sister too by um by Zulu Zeus, who you know is um obviously for anyone that doesn't know that the sire of Zipping Garth and yeah, you know I, I say this about most size, but you know quite underrated in my opinion. Yeah, he's thrown some good dogs. Um, I got a connection with. Garth Rose and become mates with him and just through chatting about dogs really and um, he sort of said he was going that way and I think he was un- understanding they weren't real saleable with a Zulu Zeus as a sire but he really liked that matchup and wanted to try it and it's probably worked out alright for him to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, um, most of them have a bit of pace. Yep. So he's got to be happy there. What um What are your plans for the the maiden now? You're just saying he, he was, he's you know a bit of a sook. Do you sort of have to sook him up at home? 
Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's as soft and as gentle as they come. Yep. <laughs> um, he's my youngest son's favourite. Um, his, his kennel name's actually Phil. Oh, cute. Um, <laughs> and it pretty awesome. much suits him down to a T, yep. his name. Yeah, nice. But nice. He's pretty soft, but I would like to... He's had a few goes over the 400s, and he probably, like, hasn't been that far behind Blazing Will. With his times, yep. He's only been a tenth or two behind him, so that's not too bad considering Blazing Will's been around the block a little bit, and then he's like had forty starts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that dog's only having his first four hundred really. And he's only a tenth behind him. Yep. So I thought he was going to be all right, but same thing again. He just pulls up lame and. Yeah, sort of just a um a race to race proper you know yeah. proposition. He's only a little fella too. He's only um you know a tick under twenty nine kilos. He's not much bigger than his sister. No, he's when you look at him, you think that he's a reasonable size sort of dog. He's got the nice back on him and everything. And he, I've been putting him on the scales, and he's been around twenty nine and a half, twenty nine and a half. And then I've been doing a bit of few like taking him to in a couple of times and whatnot and he's had a few hard runs under his belt and then yeah he was 28.9 the other day and he doesn't look it he looks a bit bigger than that but <laughs> yeah yeah nice but, nice and i suppose you're um you know probably the dog that you know most people resonate uh with his uh blazing will and he returned to the winner's circle as well for the you know surprisingly when i looked this up for the first time since october last year obviously you know he's run a stack of placings but yeah it must have been nice for him to get back in the winner's circle and you know 29.71 posted a good time as well yeah he's he's a funny dog when i first i bought him off scott board oh yeah and i bought him for five thousand dollars I'm pretty sure, from memory. Yep. Um, that was after he broke in and everything. And Scott sort of, I've dealt with Scott before with another dog, and he suggested this one, and they sent through a picture of him, and my wife said I had to buy him. <laughs> so I did, just because he's white and fawn and pretty. Yep. I should and, be um, judge. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's bought off looks rather than anything. And then he was, put, he was running some reasonable times at Goulburn, I sort of pre-trained him around there, and then I didn't think he was going to get 500 metres, and then he sort of started to put his racing together. He's got good racing habits. Like, he seems to find himself in good positions and a bit of field sense about him, but he's he got crooked for a while there. He, they thought he got bitten by a spider. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, I was yeah, panicked one day. Yeah. And... I had him over at Linda Corney's because she was the closest vet and I called her and she said, oh, I'm about to leave, but I'll stay back for you. And they pretty much said it wasn't a spider bite, but of an infection of some, some description. And he got pretty cooked there and he was out for about a month, doing not a lot, and then he had a couple of slips, had some play, like Bapto and that, and he, he ran some reasonable times just over the short, short slips. So I thought I'd throw him in a couple of 300s, which didn't suit him at all. But yeah. then he um, he started to go all right, and then he split his webbing at, at uh, Wentworth Park, and he sort of had a bit of time off with that, and then he came back and he had a 400-metre out of the boxes at Bapto, and he went pretty quick. And then I gave him a post-to-post, and he went 24-27, I think. Yep. And then 
yeah, he was pretty much waiting to go. I had Charlie Mickle tell me at the track what I was, what, when I'm going to race him so I can have a bet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's going pretty good. He's, he's broken 30 in a couple of trials at Dapto. Um, I didn't think he could run 71, but yeah, he proved me wrong. Yeah, nice. And was he um, like, was he your first Wentworth Park winner um, when he won there yeah. back in August last year? Yeah, he was my first one. Yep, yep. What was that? Uh, what was that feeling like? Must have been. Uh, you know, everyone sort of says it's sort of hard to put in words when you achieve your first winning winner. Could you um, believe it happened? I thought it was. I thought it was going to happen, but once it did happen, I was sort of in a bit of disbelief. It sort of took a little bit of time to sink in. Um, that he actually won. I thought that he, he could win the race. Yep. But yeah, when he did, I thought of didn't think too much of it. I thought, oh, that was that was all right. And then a couple of days later, I thought, geez, six grand just hit your bank account. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Surely you gave your wife some after she initially picked him. Uh, I didn't even get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's long gone. <laughs> yeah. I said I got money from the treble last week and I don't even know where it is. <laughs> so. All right, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, another little dog I noticed that you've uh, you've got going good in your kennel, Teskey. Um, yeah, like, you know, obviously uh, runner placing uh, the start before last and, you know, uh, didn't do anything at uh, at Wenny, but um, you know it was impressive at Richmond before that, and you know notched up a win before that as well. So you know going okay um, so far this year. Yeah, she's she's going pretty well. I got her off Chris Hope, who had it going pretty reasonable to be honest, and he he's starting up a business in Canberra, and he didn't have time to sort of put as much effort into as as he wanted to. And he, uh, he asked for a few weeks if I could um, take her and train her. And then I took her home after one day at, at Goulburn. I think she might have run a place. And I took her home and he said to me, whatever she trials by herself, don't worry about. And I took her to Goulburn and she went like 20 and 80. And I thought, oh, God, I can't race her off this. <laughs> and then he said, oh, just put her like in. <laughs> and she, she's a very competitive doesn't really run much time solo, but in a in a field in a race or in a field trial, she seems to come to her own. Like I think she went two oh one to the first mark at Richmond, which I think is very close to the record. Yeah, right. But yeah, she's if you could have a kennel full of her, you'd be laughing because she's just a, a check every week, pretty much. You put her around. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Um, she's up a bit in grade now, which is going to find it a bit hard, but. Once she drops back in grade a little bit, she'll win a couple more races. And then, yeah, she just has an early pace to keep her in a race and keep her competitive, I guess. Yep. Yeah, nice. Now, how did it all start for you, Mitch? What made you want to become a greyhound trainer? Have you, um, is it just through family? <laughs> yeah, so my grandfather on my father's side and probably on my mother's side all had greyhounds. Yep. Um... Mum's had, like, had a license for about 40 years, I guess. And oh, wow. Dad was very similar. Uh, um, my, my grandfather, he had dogs in Bulleye, and he had nothing really. He had his own stud dogs and whatnot. Um, he raced around Mossvale, Bulleye, and things like that, Dapto. Um, so that was sort of how he sort of 
got into it. But um, then we went into Trotters for a little bit. Oh, yeah. And we had Trotters for a while there. My father was training them. He had a the horse called Not Worth Two Bob that won at Harold Park and a couple other reasonable horses that were okay. Um, and then the old man got pretty crook. He um, had stents put in and then he had a kidney failure. And um, we, he sort of wanted to, he couldn't really do the horses anymore. Yeah. And he said, oh, how about we get a dog? And we got a couple of dogs and then we got a couple of dogs to train off Melissa Griffin. And they, they were pretty reasonable. They were the same sort of thing. I've got five or six off her to train. One of them went 20 and 60 at an hour and 30 and 18, I think, at Dapto. But that's how it all sort of started back up again, just through my father sort of getting sick and needing a hobby. Yeah. And then it sort of took off from there. Once he passed away, I had a bit of a break for a little bit and then got back into it. Yep, yep. How many dogs have you got in work at the moment? I have, what, seven, eight, nine, nine dogs here. Yeah, nice. My place. Nice. Is it what you do full-time? No, it's not what I do full-time. Yeah. I'm right. a, oh, I guess you could say I'm a fitter and machinist. I do a lot of welding at the moment. I was a mechanical engineer by trade. Yep. Um, but yeah, now I'm pretty much welding full-time. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, it's not too bad. I pick and choose me days. I sort of want to work. It fits in pretty well, to be honest. Yep. It's, <laughs> um, it's amazing how many people I speak to, um, you know, that, you know, like yourself, have got, you know, a decent amount of dogs in work. And, yeah, they say to me, they go, yeah, no, I work part-time or I work full-time and, you know, I suppose in this day and age with the current economy, you got to really. But, um, yeah, no, how do you sort of, like, what's a typical day involved, you know, for you? Do you, like, do the dogs, go to work, come home, do the dogs, that sort of thing? Yeah. Basically, I'll get up in the morning or my, my wife will help me get up in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll start letting dogs out, start putting them on the walker machine, uh, start emptying dogs out. Sometimes she takes the dogs for a walk. Depends on what time she starts in the morning. I'm normally done by about oh six thirty quarter to seven. Yep. Um, all the dogs are walked, emptied, fed, everything. Uh, they go back away. Some days my wife works from home, um, and she'll let the dogs out throughout the day. If not, some days I'm at home. Yep. Letting the dogs out, and then we start doing the same routine about three o'clock in the afternoon again. Um, whether it be running the dogs or walking the dogs on a walking machine but yeah it's pretty pretty full on day with two kids and trying to get them ready for school and daycare it's pretty pretty flat chat here <laughs> yeah definitely i suppose then it makes some you know nights when you do get you know a city winner and and winning trebles and that sort of thing it it makes it all worth it i'm sure yeah it's pretty fulfilling getting a a treble or a city winner or even to be honest just going to the races and that being competitive is is a pretty good feeling to be honest all that time and effort you put in just to be competitive it's not really even so much about the money it's more about that feeling of you're achieving something every time you go around yep yep what are some you know and this could obviously you know be passed on from your family or, or just people you've come across since you've been involved in the sport but what's uh what's some of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given mitch as far as training dogs yeah so, um, basically placing them right. If they're fit and sound, you feed them well, you place them right, you're probably going to get results. It's not 
rocket science, as some people would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, my old man was, you feed them sort of big, you work them hard, you get them fit, the sound, and you place them right, you're going to get success. So it's pretty much what you put in is what you get out, really. Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, definitely. Oh, most trainers say that to me, they... You know, they say it's uh, it's common sense, and I said, "Well, how come I'm not winning more races then?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds so easy. But oh, it does, it doesn't out. it? <laughs> <laughs> now I know, like obviously, you know, like you just said, any, you know, with the uh, the way ha- the it's so competitive these days, the way the races are, and you know, we just take any win we can get. But you know, is there a dream race that you'd love to win one day if you had the opportunity to? Oh, I'd like to win a million dollars would be nice. Yeah, nice. How would you <laughs> um, spend that? Any sort of group race would be be nice. I've sort of like Will's like Blazing Will's probably the best dog I've got here and probably a bit hazardish on putting him in sort of good races. But I think after the other night I'm probably gonna have to put him in some good races and just try my luck, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, any sort of any sort of group race would be pretty good to win eh? yeah oh definitely and you know it's the old saying yeah you got to be in it to win it so why not yeah, exactly um, right. why not have a crack of you know you probably reiterate this i've seen plenty of upsets in you know big races so it um it can happen yeah it can happen <laughs> for sure Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.